Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, NWSL analyst and broadcaster. On today's episode, we have a special interview edition episode ahead of the NWSL playoffs. We are joined today by McCall Zerboni, midfielder for New Jersey, New York, Gotham FC. She's an NWSL veteran since 2013, and she is playoff bound with this team. Welcome to the show, McCall Zerboni. How are you? Thanks, y'all. Thanks for having me. I'm psyched. Can't wait to chat with you. We're excited to chat with you, too, because, you know, you've got so much experience, uh, McCall's. Uh, you know, congrats on making another playoff, right, this time with with Gotham FC. Um, this isn't the first playoff appearance uh, in, in the franchise's history, but it's been a long time. <laughs> It'll be the first time for Gotham FC uh, since essentially the inaugural season, uh, formerly a Sky Blue. Um, but you're somebody who has deep uh, playoff experiences. Um, what is your perspective right now on the team's mentality uh, heading into to this quarterfinal? Yeah, well, it's fun, right? Because this is my 10th playoffs out of my 13 years professional. And I wish I could say every year is the same and every playoffs is the same, but it never is. So um, this group is uniquely special. I can definitely guarantee that. Um, but we are a squad that has had a lot of moving parts lately and doesn't have a lot of experience together in the playoff realm. So getting together collectively as a unit and realizing what every individual needs through this heavy and intense time that's kind of one and done is, is very, very important for me as a leader and as a captain and figuring out what everybody needs. So you mentioned that, uh, yeah, you've been here before. You have a lot of playoff experience, but this year is different and lots of moving parts within Gotham and, and within the league, of course. But on the field specifically, I, I want to ask about this. How is the competition different this year? I mean, playoff wise, there's six teams now making the postseason versus four. But competition wise, is it different this year than other years? Okay, it's actually so crazy. Like the table has never been this close before. And I just feel that. I don't know if it was last year with COVID and um, just that the league is getting better and better and better, but the competition is so close and the quality is so good all through the board and anyone on any given day can win in the NFL. And that's why these playoffs are going to be so exciting because let's say there was a dominant team, which there really wasn't this year. I mean, props to Portland, but um, anyone can win on any given day. So it's just kind of like so exciting to watch each quarterfinal, semifinal, final, because it's just like, I have no idea what's going to happen. Of course, I have the most belief in our team, but that's what makes it exciting. 
even towards the end of the regular season, it was like, we don't even know what's going to happen going day in and day out. And and for you and for Gotham, the final stretch of regular season games, it was quick turnarounds, back-to-back games with very little rest, and then three consecutive draws for Gotham. Um, knowing, not knowing if you would advance, having the opportunity to clinch, how do you process that grind of being in control of your destiny and then needing help from other teams right at the very end. Yeah. I mean, it was a nutty schedule. So we just kind of had to try to take care of everything on our end and come to find out we did. We thought a tie was uh, underachieving, but what we realized is that grinding out ties on the road, even at the end of the season with that crazy schedule that we had, that actually is what pushed us over the line. So um, you know, in any top league in the world, if you tie your away games and you win your home games, you're going to be in the playoffs. So uh, we, we really managed to do that this year and kind of even out the points. And here we are. It doesn't matter if you're sixth or you're first. We're in this thing and it's going down. You know, in terms of um, maybe looking at, at, at the, the team's year uh, in a holistic sense, you know, the, the team has gone through some things uh, this year in terms of off the pitch, you know, um, including the league and other clubs. But for, for Gotham, you know, the, the departure of former GM Elisa Hughes, uh, you know, head coach uh, Freya Coombe and, and the introduction uh, to new coaches uh, in Scott Parkinson and Bev Yanez, the introduction of a new GM in Yali Bush West. Um, you know, how do you how do you feel like the team has done with sort of kind of these constant changes throughout the year? I've personally seen each individual grow so much because I've seen every individual, including myself, struggle. And when you see people rise above that, it bonds you to them. It makes you realize that they've achieved through hard things. And everyone handles it differently, but the most unique and beautiful thing that we have in common is that we all had to get through that in our own way. And so it has made our chemistry so super strong. So it's kind of like blessings and the blessings, you know, it's, it's really in a way been in favor for us when it was a sense of turmoil, but now we've turned our pain into, into pleasure. Pain into pleasure. I love that, McCall. That's that's a great one. And you guys made it look seamless, honestly. Um, on the field, you are part of that midfield Gotham unit of the three in the midfield that's been really consistent throughout this season for Gotham um, alongside Kawasumi and Ali Long, then yourself. So between you three, what's kind of the relationship? What's the the on-field, off-field relationship and, and the competition um, between you three? Well, especially in any team, um, but here and the way that we're being coached now with Scott, healthy competition is the best thing you ask for in a squad. Um, we're constantly being pushed by, you know, our other players who play midfield. And so I'm really, really grateful for that and shout out to them because we wouldn't be what we are without them. Um, in addition to that, sometimes I do this thing where like I remove myself like a third person and I look like if I was going to go play golf and I'm like, I'd be kind of scared of us. Um, so I'm just really proud. I feel very comfortable with the players that are around me on the pitch, uh, no matter who makes substitutions or not. And um, I think that's our strength is that we do have depth and we do have a healthy training environment where we all push each other and everyone matters and, and everyone around me makes me better. So I'm very grateful for that. 
not only is that midfield unit a, a little intimidating and scary, but you have one of the greats on your squad. We have to ask about, about Carly Lloyd. This is her big retirement year that she made that announcement and she's gone on an incredible farewell tour. Uh, we saw it with the national team at that level and her, her departure there. And now with you and with Gotham, um, she has a chance along with Gotham to go at a great playoff run. Is there motivation for you and, and for this squad because this is Carly Lloyd's last run? Yeah, I mean, when you think about someone like that, you just want to reward everything that they've given to the game and given to the squad specifically. And, you know, no matter how tired you are in like the 90th minute or you're like not really in the mood to train that day, like you think of someone like that and you're like, I want to extend their career. Like I want to give them more games. Like I want to play for them. And, you know, I think we all kind of have that mentality where we really um, value and appreciate Carly and we want to give her what she deserves because she's an animal. She deserves so much. So, um, you know, I got to go out there and be a tiger to make it happen for her. So. I want to ask really quickly too, about uh, maybe the the opposition uh, a little bit. Uh, Where do you sort of see this type of match for you guys uh, going up against the Chicago Red Stars? There were a lot of even games throughout the regular season. Does it just sort of feel at this point that stuff kind of goes out the window because once it's playoffs, you just hit the button and reset. You know, uh, games like this are tricky. Playoff games are always tricky because uh, you can be the better team, but you might not be better on the day. And that's pretty much the love-hate game of football, right? Um, And especially, you know, traveling to them and being away and they're being in their home and in their environment. But uh, I think we match up great against anybody. Uh, We just got to take care of the details. And um, that's exciting stuff of playoffs. It's, like I said, a one-and-done dealio. So we have to... uh, be on all our A game with every 91 minute battle within the 90 minutes. We were so excited to get you on this podcast because uh, Lisa and I had a chat with uh, with Megan Burke, the executive director of uh, the Players Association, and we chatted a lot about uh, the ongoing fight for a player safety number one sure. priority in the ongoing CBA negotiations. And, and we also touched a little bit on the like evolution of the players association kind of becoming an established players union with an AFL CIO uh, affiliation. And she mentioned you as a big part of this process as a player rep attending national briefings, you know, keeping other players informed, uh, you know, with, with the ongoing CBA negotiations and, and the recent developments with uh, the, the league meeting, the prior demands that, that the association issued, do you uh, feel as if there's perhaps a, a positive trajectory here in this moment? Yeah, I mean, I think back in 2017 when I was the vice president of the board and on the Players Association and and how far we've come since then. And I remember sitting in a Starbucks, you know, taking a call and with our president and Megan and being like, we should start a union. We're gonna we're gonna officially be certified as a union. And I remember thinking like, wow, that just seems so high of a mountain right now. And uh, now we're a year in and thank goodness that we are because a lot of things fell on our head this year. And if we weren't a collective union collectively together and, and had, you know, our foundation with our player association, uh, a lot of players and, and this league would have been in a lot of shambles in a lot of different directions. So I'm very, very grateful. And it's just highlighted how powerful and important the association is. And it's, it's really let us know um, that we have made a lot of progress and there will be continue to be more to be made. Well, we're excited to keep uh, covering that progress as it continues. Thank to you. Yeah. 
we want to thank everybody for, for listening and joining us today. We want to thank you, McCall Zerboni, for joining us on the second, third. Good luck in the playoffs. Thanks to McCall Zerboni for joining us. Next, we have a special interview with her competition on Sunday, Tierna Davidson of the Chicago Red Stars. Finding the right cleat can be transformative. Believe me, I've worn plenty during my career. So getting the right balance is crucial. The cleat needs to feel good on your foot, but also feel good connecting with the ball. The New Balance Furon 7 Plus is built with both of those points in mind, offering overall comfort and precise striking in the game's fastest moments. Because, as I learned the hard way, because I didn't possess much of it, speed matters in soccer. That's why the Furon 7 Plus is built for accuracy and precision at rapid pace and is engineered specifically for use on firm ground. Why is this the ideal cleat, I hear you ask? Well, not to get too scientific, but the Furon 7 Plus offers a lightweight yet supportive hypo-knit with mesh lining upper construction and is paired with offset lacing for a truer strike of the ball, which is a long way of me saying that your game will immediately get better when these are on your feet. Learn more and purchase the Furon at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. We are joined by Tierna Davidson, recent bronze medal Olympian, uh, defender for the United States Women's National Team and Chicago Red Stars, and currently playoff bound for the NWSL quarterfinals. Welcome to the show, Tina Davidson. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for having me this morning. We are really excited to have you to chat all things Chicago Red Stars, all things NWSL quarterfinals. Again, congratulations on making the playoffs. Um, you know, for you, it's it's your second time with Chicago making uh, an NWSL playoffs. You're two for two in your career with the club. Um, how, how is the the energy and the mentality uh, right now of the of the team as, as you all head into the quarterfinals? Um, I, I think we're really excited to be where we're at. Um, it was kind of crazy going into last week's game against Orlando. Um, the race was so close that we could have either not made the playoffs at all or secured a home game for us, which is just, I think you don't see very often like this kind of race coming down to the last four games of the season for everybody and everybody kind of watching with bated breath um, at the the last weekend of, of games. So we're really excited to be able to host um, a playoff game to be able to be in front of our fans. Um, so we just can't wait for Sunday. You mentioned how really close this regular season was and coming down to the final, final weekend, the final games of this regular season. How does that kind of set the tone for what the playoffs are going to be like, knowing how close the regular season race was? Yeah, yeah. We we talked about it a bit. Our coach um, said that, you know, all we have to do is get into the playoffs because once you're in the playoffs, it's really anybody's game. Um, and I think that's very true. I think that was true for the whole season. There wasn't really any game that you could walk into being like, yeah, I'm really confident that we're going to win this. Like, yeah, easy, no problem. I, I think that every single team um, could beat any given team in the league at, on any day. Um, and so I think that's going to be the same for the playoffs, even though there are seedings. Uh, I think that every team is really got a lot of quality um, and can show up and beat any other team um, during any of these games. So we, we definitely have to bring our all. 
throughout this regular season, Chicago um, put together a lot of strong defensive performances and, and really kept the Red Stars in a lot of games because of all that defense. But throughout this, there was the Olympics and there was international camps and, and U.S. camps. So there's a lot of different rotation between players coming in and out of the back due to injury or juggling like the club and national team play. So right now, how would you describe the the chemistry between the defense for Chicago? Um, I, I think our chemistry is been shaping up pretty well. I think that especially our last probably eight games, we've really put together some really strong performances, as you've said, um, holding teams to pretty low shots on goal. Um, you know, kind of defending really well in those last 20 minutes of a game when you need to close out a game. So um, even though we have had a lot of rotation, a lot of people in and out, um, gone for camps and whatnot. Um, I, I think that we're we're doing pretty well and that we've got some pretty good chemistry going on. You know, for Chicago, uh, this is their sixth consecutive season making making the postseason. It's an NWSL record for consecutive appearances, and and you've been with the club for for the latter part of their postseason successes. So, if you could, you know, how how would you describe or, or compare uh, the preparations for for this year's playoffs uh, as compared to to seasons prior? Yeah, I, th- I think that, um, you know, we try and just keep doing what we're doing. Um, we don't try and mix anything up super seriously because obviously, you know, what we've been doing um, in the recent weeks ha- has been working for us. So we just try and, and stick to our game plan, stick to our regimen. Um, and, you know, that's prepared us well in the past. And so, you know, we're, we're thinking just keep preparing it as we normally do. Um, keep focusing on ourselves and that'll get us ready for Sunday. And not switching much up. That's really been the the role, especially when you look at the center back duo that that you're partnered with, Sarah Gordon, not switching things up. Rory Dames playing her and and her keeping herself on the field. She earned Iron Woman of the, of the year for Chicago, meaning that she has played every single minute of the regular season. I mean, that's just huge and, and speaks to so much of her abilities on the pitch and her ability to stay healthy, which is huge. When when you look at her and Sarah Gordon for this team, um, how big has she been for Chicago in that center back position next to you? She's, she's been absolutely massive. I mean, I think that she definitely embodies what it means to be a Chicagoan. I, she's gritty. She doesn't, she doesn't, complain she's very just you know kind of head down working hard um you know we always say like you can never ask Sarah how she's feeling because she won't ever give the heartbeat of the team (laughs) she'll just be like oh yeah I'm great like just played three games in a week I'm great I feel fine (laughs) um (laughs) but no she she's been absolutely um a, a rock for this team and has definitely allowed us to experiment with um, different kind of formations in the back um, between a three back, a four back, kind of somewhere in between. Um, you know, she's she's given us that flexibility. So um, we're, we're very lucky to have her, um, lucky to have her ability to stay healthy. As you said, a 10 month season is not really um, something that's easy to get through, especially if you're playing 90 minutes at every single game. Um, so we're, we're very lucky to have someone like her on the field for us. You know, Gordon is um, she's really emerged as one of the leaders on this team in, in recent years, um, being more vocal on off the pitch. Uh, how has uh, she contributed to you personally or even to the team in terms of t- taking on uh, that type of uh, leadership role? You know, she she has definitely um, made me grow a lot, has taught me a lot, uh, being a leader, being um 
open to all sorts of, of people and conversations, um, tough conversations. Um, she, she likes to take those head on. She's very honest with people. Um, she's very direct, which, you know, I think everybody can learn from and she's just very transparent. And, and I think that's something that you don't find a lot. Um, but I think it's something that's so important to have and in a balance of leadership is someone who can just kind of give it to you real. And I think that especially over this past kind of 18 months, um, we've needed a lot of that. Um, and, and so I think that her leadership has, has been very unique um, and very important for the growth of our team. You know, we've chatted a little bit about this, but I would love to chat about it uh, again with, with our attacking third listeners. The, the, the recent uh, Halloween trick-or-treating Instagram photos, we got to talk a little bit about that. Uh, first of all, one of the other things I think that people maybe forget about a lot of times is Sarah Gordon's a mom. She's got son Caden. So she balances all of these things on top of uh, being a mom. And there was like a really great uh, moment where the two of you shared uh, Halloween uh, Instagram photos and you were the ghost in this scenario. Can you like walk us through this process of like picking out costumes and how you ended oh up? Oh my having- gosh. Yeah. Ghost. Yeah. So, so the night before we had just flown back from Orlando. So obviously we were kind of beat a little bit tired um and we were texting and we were saying I asked her you know what are we gonna dress up as like are we gonna do anything and she's like no you know yeah I don't really have anything planned or anything like that so I was like all right go to bed wake up in the morning to a text saying I actually am gonna be Lara Croft um for Halloween and I was like dang that's that's like that's a nice outfit that's a cute so cool yeah (laughs) like you're gonna be cool like that's a cool outfit to wear um and she she put it on I went over to her apartment and she put it on and I was like dang I I'm going to look like a sack of potatoes next to this. And I was like, well, (laughs) we were going through options. She was scrolling through Pinterest, like last minute, easy Halloween costumes. And she was like, well, what about a ghost? Because it's been like a trend going on with ghosts and sunglasses and just getting a sheet and just going out in the middle of a road and taking a photo. Um, And I was like, actually, that might be best. I think that suits my personality best. Uh, Sarah and I always joke about how, we don't know how we're best friends because we're so opposite. Um, she's very outgoing. She, she loves being the center of attention. She loves taking photos. She loves doing all that. And I'm absolutely the opposite. Um, but it works out. So I was a ghost following and she was Lara Croft. Um, and then of course, Caden was Kylo Ren and we went trick or treating in this Dearborn park neighborhood, um, with one of her friends who was twins in Caden's grade. And it was just so fun. It was just, it, it really, was nice to see everybody out on the porches. Um, some people were like even putting candy through tubes to keep oh, it cold nice. safe. Um, but it was nice to see everybody out in their costumes, the, the fall weather, everybody's excited, all the kids running around. It's a, uh, I don't want to expose you, but like when you get the opportunities to trick or treat with kids, like sometimes people like trick or treat for themselves. Did you get any candy on this run? Yeah. No, <laughs> I didn't personally pick up any candy, but I definitely told the kids, I said, you guys are going to learn what taxes are today because there's going to be tax for us walking around with you. <laughs> so so wow. what, did, what did you get taxed on? Like if you can, what's your favorite Halloween candy? Like what's, what's your highest tax? Uh, my favorite candy has always been Twix. I, I really love, I, I, I think that's just got a great combination of flavors, um, but I'm not super picky. Um, I'll just stick my hand in there and find something. Solid <laughs> choice, solid choice. I love that. How about like costume? Like did, you had to settle for a ghost this year due to like the season and last minute planning. But like, did you have like a favorite costume growing up at all? Like during, during Halloween? 
Oh man, I, my, my best friend growing up and I, we used to um, always make our costumes. That was kind of our thing was to really put a lot of time into making our costumes. And so oftentimes they turned out terribly, like, you know, <laughs> you're a fifth grader trying to put together a costume by hand. Um, but one costume that we did together was actually cat dog. Um, <laughs> so we, we did the, the full nine yards. We paper mache heads to put on ourselves. We, we, so my mom helped us sew together a, a costume. It was absolutely ridiculous. And it was like, so non-functional because it, it was a, basically a piece of cloth that put us back to back together. So there was like no possible way that we could walk around like this. Oh my um, gosh. But it was just, yeah. If I had a picture I, I actually, I'd have to ask my dad if he could find a picture, but I will send it to you. <laughs> I was going to say, we're going to have to follow up on this and get, yeah. it, and get it for the people for sure. <laughs> Love all those great costumes. And now you have big competition facing Gotham in the first round of playoffs in the quarterfinals. Um, playing them in the regular season versus playing them in the playoffs. Uh, how do you feel about this now that it's the playoffs and, and knowing the series between you and Gotham? Yeah, I mean, it. Gotham is a fantastic team. And I think that they have definitely shown their evolution and growth over the season. Um, I think especially in the latter third of the season, they've really come into some serious form, um, um, some, some really great form. And so I think that, you know, it's always a, a tight game with them. The last game that we played was a really tough zero, zero draw. Um, and they obviously speaking as a defender, have some great offensive threats on their team between Midge and Carly, Efi. Um, they, they just have really got a lot of lot going on that we have to deal with. Um, so I think that it's going to be a lot about communication and our awareness and, and making sure that we know where players are at all times because they've got threats um, on all parts of the field. And so, you know, I, I think that we are, again, really trying to focus on ourselves and our own game um, and bringing us exactly where we need to be. Um, but it's definitely going to be a hard game. Um, they have a great coach. Obviously, Scott was our assistant coach and we miss him dearly, but it'll be it'll be nice to see him again on the field. Um, but yeah, um, it, it's it's really, as I said, in the NWSL, any team that you're going to face at this point could win all, all their games, could lose in the first round. Um, it's, it's really kind of a, a toss-up. So it, it comes down to what kind of energy you and your team bring to the game. Um, that, that's really what it comes down to. Your head coach for Chicago Roydeans, he talks a lot about the different phases of a season and how he wants his team to finish out a phase and, and maybe in the middle season, in the middle part of the season and in those chunks of game, that phase looks a lot different to the phase right now before playoffs. So uh, for this phase of the season for Chicago, um, what kind of does the focus and like the, the mindset look like for you guys? Um, I think that this phase has been classically Chicago as previous years have seen is we really kind of just pull it together all like with the things just start clicking and we just start winning games. Um, and I think that's what we've seen in the last eight, 10 games is that we really have just kind of been like, all right, like this is the end of the season. This is the grind time. This is where the games really, really matter. This is where the points really matter. This is what we need to get. And we're going to go get it. Um, and I think that's kind of like a, a no bullshit approach that we have for the last third of the season is like Rory would always say, everything's always going to come down to the, the last five games. Um, he was saying that all year because obviously 
throughout the kind of first half of our season, it was a little bit rocky. Um, and so he was like, we just, we just need to hit form by then. And I think we did that. And hopefully we're going to continue to carry that on through the postseason. Um, and I think if we do, we're, we're going to be hard to stop. Tina, it's, it's the most exciting time of the year. It's, it's playoffs. So we're, we're near the, nearing the end of this. So I just want to thank you in advance before we, we hit these outros, but I, I want to ask with, with, with all of this energy with, with, like you're saying the no BS kind of a Chicago mentality, like moving forward, there's always that kind of energy going into these playoffs. Do you have like a, a hype song or, or something that you need as part of your routine to keep you focused or, or in that playoff mindset? Uh, to give homage to Sarah, I think I'll have to say way too sexy. That has been our song for like about a month and a half now. And it is played every every game in the locker room. So we're gonna we're gonna put that one out there. Absolute energy. I wanna thank everybody for joining us and listening today. I wanna thank you, Tierna Davidson, for joining us on the show. Uh, best of luck in the playoffs. Uh, everybody, we're we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you listen to your podcast shows. We're also available as videos, so join us on YouTube. Visit youtube.com slash attacking third. We'll be back Friday with a full NWSL quarterfinal playoff preview. Sandra Lisa Roman, and Tierna Davidson. This was Jesse